And what's up, ladies and gentlemen? This is Alexander, obviously, and this is the Art of Health podcast. So this is why I love Anchor FM. Seriously, I'm not saying this is to pitch it so you guys go buy shit. For years and years, my biggest frustration with podcasting was the fact that you had to record and edit, and I needed a microphone. I had to plug it into my computer. I had to play it back. I had to upload it. I then had to do all the distribution stuff and... Frankly, I'm a hardworking person, but I'm also fucking lazy, and I hate having to do shit that takes steps, and that's one of the reasons why I've never been a computer person. The the act of having to go through so many fucking little technical processes on computers, with having to open shit and close shit and paste this and cut that and fill this out, I cannot fucking stand it. Um, Yeah, I'm the kind of person where I like to be able to do things very immediately, and when it comes to the realm of physical shit, or let's just say things in the real world, the real world, the real world, I love the process. I love the, all the intricate details of the process. Anything that's on a screen though, just pisses me the fuck off. Um, and podcasting kind of, you know, amongst other reasons why I stopped doing it for a while, that was part of the reason. I just, I got sick of doing all the fucking, uh, posting and, you know, whatever the fuck shit with SoundCloud and things, you know, even talking about it gets me angry. So we're using, you know, Anchor FM. And, uh, yeah, if you are thinking about podcasting yourself, you want to hop on the trend, fucking use that shit. Anchor FM is amazing. Anyways, the subject of this podcast, now that I fucking ranted for way too long, strength standards, athletic strength standards. And I have to give credit to this to uh, Michael Medici. Uh, He's an account on Twitter that many of you should be following. Very excellent account. And I've actually had the uh, experience of meeting him in real life, in fact, and he is a totally legit guy. He's, I think, in his late 20s. I don't know if he's 30 yet, but he's young, successful, very uh, physically strong. Um, the strength standards that he came up with are reflective of, of his own personal strength goals. And, and he's fit. He's athletically fit that way. Um, so what are they? You know, what are they, and you know, how are we, where are we comparing and contrasting these things to? So the typical, typical strength standards that you will hear or find on the internet, if you look around, are relative to the squat, bench, and deadlift. So the bench press, the squat, deadlift, the barbell versions of those lifts, obviously, and the standards that usually get given are something like, uh, depending on who, it depends on what they are. It'll be something like a one and a half times body weight bench press and a double body weight squat and deadlift, or if you really want to be elite level, it will be a double body weight bench press. So if you weigh 200 pounds, that's basically four or five, four plates, and then a triple um, body weight squat and deadlift. And those are not necessarily bad standards. I mean, if you want to, that's a pretty elite level strength. If you are at that level, you are going to be competitive in your local powerlifting meet. That said, are those lifts the most athletically inclined lifts. So those lifts are the traditional big three lifts, the premier lifts for optimizing your athleticism. I would say no, they're not, in fact. Maximal strength training with the big three and its transference to athletic competition, it's not as one-to-one as people think it is. Specializing in strength at that level, it is quite literally specialization. It requires its own set of adaptations. Being able to leverage maximal amounts of weight to a point that will improve your to, improve, to a point that will improve your athleticism when it comes to gait, sprinting, running, actual motion. But past a certain point, it will make you slower because if you're going to put hundreds of pounds on your back, 
and you need to be extremely stable, you need your body to be very rigid, that rigidity, that requirement for supreme stiffness and all the musculature, that does not lend itself to fluid movement. It does not. And the problem, or I should say sort of the the issue people have with this, the reason why it's difficult to think about is because oftentimes people refer to like, let's say, the NFL football players, professional football players, American football players. They're really strong. They're really fucking big. They do these lifts. Those guys are also genetically pre-selected to be really big and really strong because that sport demands big guys in the first place. And no shit, if you are six foot four, six foot five, naturally, naturally, like there's an artificial way to increase your height. But if you're six four, six five, and you have massive bone structure, yeah, you're going to be good at lifts. You're going to be good at lifting. Like, no shit. The people with the biggest bone structure and the highest levels of muscle mass are always going to be the strongest people. Like, duh. Like, fucking duh. That's an obvious point. Those guys are not athletic because they squat, bench, and deadlift. They are athletic individuals who happen to do those lifts. The squat, bench, and deadlift did not make someone a pro football player. They did not make someone NFL level. They were already at that level before they entered the league. And I guarantee you there's no athlete on the planet. There's no athlete in the NFL today who started squatting and then he creds that as like, oh, I was never going to be a pro, but once I started uh, bench pressing and squatting deadlifting, then that made me into who I was. That's not how the fuck that works. Those, elite, those are elite-level athletes with elite-level genetics. Um, they could have fucking used machines, and they'd still be fucking playing. So, as evidence, that's just a bunch of bullshit, honestly. I mean, I'm not analyzing it, perhaps, on the level that it deserves, but it's a very good example of sort of this, like, observational bias and false correlation. But getting to the point, though, as to what are better strength standards, more athletic strength standards, there's three lifts. And Medici was the one that came up with these, and I definitely... Um, I second it. Yeah, I'm, I'm in consensus. I concur that they are excellent standards. They are the overhead press, the front squat, and also the deadlift. So the deadlift as an exercise with the barbell, I would argue that in fact that, that pretty much applies to most any athletic, athletic activity. You can get very strong deadlifting, and it will not negatively uh, affect your athletic ability at all. It won't affect your explosiveness, it won't affect your gait, it won't affect running, uh, running, throwing, sprinting, jumping. Getting your deadlift as strong as possible is, in fact, probably the best course of action for pretty much everybody you know, who's interested in being strong in general. Uh, so, not much to talk about there. The front squat, though, and the overhead press are interesting. So the front squat, because the bar is loaded on the front of the body, and because you have to take a closer foot position when you, when you are front squatting, and because it is arguably more anterior quad dominant, it taxes and it stresses the muscles that are more contextual to actual powerful movement. So, of course, you do need strong hips to be a good athlete, 100%. But having the knee strength and having the knee ability, having the knee power and the ab power, or the core power to handle extreme amounts of load and explode up with it, that will improve your athleticism a lot more than back squatting will. Yeah, and that's why some coaches today, I know Elliot Hulse is a big proponent of this, they suggest the front squat for athletes compared to the back squat. Because the front squat more closely mimics the athletic patterns that you do when you're playing actual sports. So the front squat standard for the barbell uh, front squat would be one and a half times body weight. So that basically, if you're a 200-pound guy, that'd be front squatting 315. 
Um, that's not necessarily an elite level front squat. There are guys that can double body weight front squat. Uh, I've seen guys that can even go two and a half times body weight front squat. Strong men tend to be very strong. Strong men, strong men competitors are extremely strong at front squats and because it has more carryover to strongman activities. But if you can get to one and a half times body weight front squat, you're going to have fucking strong as hell legs. You're probably going to be pretty good at jumping. You're probably going to be pretty explosive off the line. They'll probably improve your uh, ability to sprint even. Uh, certainly jump. So one and a half times body weight front squat. And then the overhead press. You know Why the overhead press? Traditionally speaking, I've talked about this in my newsletter, your assessment of upper body power, it was not the bench press. The bench press is an odd lift because you are lying on your back on a bench. It has no transference to any athletic ability aside from itself. Nothing. Being a big bench presser does not make you better at any fucking sport, at any athletic competition. The only thing it, ma- the only thing it makes you good at is bench pressing. If you go back and look at Greek statues, if you go back throughout history and look at how combat athletes have trained, how military athletes have trained... They'll do push-ups. Sure, they'll, do some, they'll definitely do push-ups. But the preeminent assessment, the preeminent standard of upper body power, it's how much weight they can lift overhead. Can you throw a man overhead? Can you lift a man up and body slam him? Can you pick up something heavy and toss it? Can you pick up something heavy and hurl it? Can you pick up something heavy and just hold it at arm's length over your, you know, over your head and walk with it? It's shoulder power. And the ancient Greeks, I think, knew this quite well because all of their lifts that they did that were upper body lifts, the only things I found, or actually the only evidence I found for their upper body lifting, it was overhead pressing. They did shitloads of deltoid raises, and they did overhead pressing, and they did it with stones. They didn't train chest. None of the statues have big chest muscles, but they all got fucking jacked as hell shoulders. And even the early strongmen from the early 20th century, late 19th century, Eugen Sandow, Arthur Saxon, Otto Arco, these guys did overhead pressing. 300-pound overhead presses, you know, picking up fucking anvils, picking up uh, you know, fucking uh, kettlebells, picking up barrels, doing all these kinds of odd lifts. They were very strong overhead pressers. And overhead pressing, because your feet, you're standing on two feet, it's a standing movement, obviously. It requires total body integration of the core, the back musculature. It builds immense functional strength. If you can press fucking weight overhead, I guarantee you you're going to be strong at pretty much any athletic activity that you do. It's also the reason why I suggest the incline bench press over the flat bench press. Incline benching is more, you know, it's not, it's not overhead pressing, but it's closer to overhead pressing than the flat bench. And incline bench pressing more closely mimics the angle at which you tackle and strike. You know, think about, you know, guys in, you know, think about football, offensive, defense, defensive alignment, two point, three point position. They don't push their arms straight out in front of them at a perpendicular angle. They're at, 40, they're at a 45 degree angle. They're coming in low. And then they're extending their arms. It's very similar even to like combat athletes. You know, if you're anyone, if you're anyone that ever has done boxing, you know, striking, do you push your arm straight out, 90 degree angle to the floor? No, of course not. Your torso has a lean to it. You're angled. Um, you know, if you, I mean, how can you get so? How can you get stronger shoulders overall? Overhead press and incline bench press. And the strength standard for that is overhead pressing your body weight. If you can do more than that, you're a fucking beast. But if you can overhead press your body weight, if you can front squat one and a half times body weight, and then, if you, and then if you can deadlift double body weight or more than that, you're going to be strong enough for any kind of sport that you do. Uh, you can always get stronger. Of course, you can always get stronger. But you're going to have a requisite level of muscle mass and this overall physique development. You're, gonna, you're both going to look good and you're going to perform well. You will be, as they say, both show and go. So 
start working on that. Um, I'll probably build a program around this idea at some point. Um, honestly, right now, I've really not been lifting weights too much because shit's been closed. <laughs> the gyms are... Gyms actually just reopened in Thailand. They just reopened. But because of the way my day is structured, um, I'm prioritizing Muay Thai way more than I am trying to get to the gym to lift weights. Um, so I'm doing everything body weight right now. But at some point, you know, if I get closer to a full-scale gym, um, I'll definitely put a program together. So, and, you know, is it, and, if, if, and honestly, if you guys, if you want to, you could take, you could take starting strength and replace the back squat with the front squat, and you could replace the bench press, the overhead press, and you'd have a great program. So you don't think you need to get uh, ter- programming training solutions from me. <laughs> Excuse me. You're fully capable of uh, substituting those lifts in any other program and probably getting awesome results. So let me know what you guys think. Uh, if you want to support the podcast, I fucked up in the last podcast. I was saying, oh, Patreon. Figured out, I don't even fucking need Patreon because Anchor FM does all that shit already. So if you want to support the podcast, Anchor FM... They have an option to, I guess, give a monthly donation. I'm really not sure. Um, I'm not going to bullshit and pretend like, oh, if you if you donate $10 a month, you get a fucking t-shirt or some shit. I don't do this for money. So if you guys want to donate, I, fucking cool. I appreciate it. Um, I will say, any, anyone that does donate over 10 bucks a month, I'll send you an invite to uh, my inner circle, my private Telegram channel. Yeah, we can always uh, talk about the podcast, talk whatever you want on that channel. That's sort of like my secret community that I have that I never really advertise because... I'm not that kind of salesman, but it does exist. So, but if you donate over ten dollars a month, yeah, I'll I'll get in touch with you, send you the link to find that. But uh, otherwise, fucking, I appreciate you guys listening, following. You know, tell everyone, let everyone know that Ajax making podcasts again. And as I've said before, if you have questions, just send them to me on whatever fucking platform you want. And if they are relevant enough, I'll talk about them here. Talk to you guys again. Love you all. <laughs>